Welcome to the Overflow Podcast. We pray you are encouraged by this message. For more info, notes, or other messages, download the Overflow Church app or visit our website at overflowdfw.com. And I, I don't know about you guys, but um, I've just been deeply ministered to during our, our times of worship and just the weight of the Lord that, that's been on our house. I, uh, I, was just, I was just here right now, and I was just like, man, Lord, like I've, I've needed uh, what we've been experiencing over the last several months. I, I've needed personally, and I, I just, it's crazy, week after week. I just want to encourage you, family, dig into the presence of God, man. Everything that you need, everything that you need can be lifted right there. Everything that you need, all, all the burdens that you carry, just, just unload it on the Lord. And uh, I, just that weightiness, man. I, I've just been in, in this place. I had a, I, I want to say it was about a month ago, I was dealing with a, I don't know, I, I, just for lack of a better word, a s- shoulder injury. I didn't know what I did to it. If I reached over this way, like it was just painful. And there was one Sunday morning, we were just worshiping the Lord. And I don't know, there was a healing call, like we'll, we'll do often, which isn't, out of the ordinary, and I just put my hand on my shoulder, and the pain went away, which wasn't rare. It would kind of come and go, and I was like, well, I'll just, I'll just kind of wait and see, you know, uh, if, if the Lord healed me or not, and so by about Tuesday, the pain hadn't returned, and the pain still hasn't returned, and so... Come on, the Lord healed my, my shoulder right there, and, and we're hearing miracles. We're seeing miracles. We're seeing uh, babies in wombs and babies being born, and we're seeing uh, headaches going away. We're seeing financial miracles. We're seeing uh, substance, substance miracles, things, gifts, and all kinds of stuff that God is doing. And I just want to stir your heart for a few moments today to just get you to the place of expecting. And this is what I've found. If we will desire Jesus, he will meet that desire. And 2 Kings chapter 4, if you have your Bible or if you're app, you can follow along. It's a good, very brief word for you today. <clears throat> it's this story about Elijah. And it's really not a story about Elijah. It's about this woman who's widowed, who's got a couple of kids. She's a single mom. They have a lot of debt. And the creditors are coming to take her sons as slaves to pay off the debt. Here's here's the story, 2 Kings chapter 4. The wife of a man from the company of the prophets, prophets kind of ran together in these schools, cried out to Elisha, Your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that he revered the Lord, but now his creditor is coming to take my two boys as his slaves. And Elisha replied to her, how can I help you? (laughs) Come on. That That is a prophetic word for some of you today. How can I help you? This is the Lord's heart for you today. How can I help you? This is the mission of Jesus. He isn't coming to to just take your happiness and your joy away. There may be some things that will cause you momentarily 
momentary unhappiness when you come to him because there might there is a cost to following Jesus but his heart is to help you tell me what do you have in your house your servant has nothing remember that word nothing there at all well except a little oil Elisha said, go around and ask all your neighbors, all the people that live around you, all the people that you're doing life with, all the people in your community, go around and ask them for empty jars. And don't ask for just a few. In other words, don't be modest in your asking. Be a little shameless. Just go for it. Don't worry about how foolish you'll look. Get all the jars you can get. Then go inside your house and shut the door behind you and your sons and pour oil in all the jars as each one is filled. Put it to one side. Now, hold up. There's a problem here. She just has a little oil. A little oil just filling the little of a little jar that she has in her house. She's going to use the oil or sell the oil, and then they're gonna, she's going to die alone. And he's saying, I want you to fill up all these jars from all your neighbors. As many jars as you get, I want you to fill them up. Impossible. Ridiculous. God will call you, call you to do ridiculous things. And if you have faith, it will cause you to obey the ridiculous thing. Pour oil into the jars so each one is filled and put it to one side. Then she left him. And afterwards, shut the door behind her and her sons. They brought the jars to her, and she kept pouring. And when all the jars were full, she said to her son, bring me another one. <laughs> Come on, bring the next one. He said, that's it. There's no jar left. Then the oil stopped flowing, and she went and told the man of God. And he said, go, sell the oil and pay off your debts. You and your son can live off what's left. A widow, single mom, she's on the struggle bus. Life is difficult. She's emotionally and financially broke. She's afraid. She probably has lost all hope. The thing that is most dear to her, her two boys are about to be sold into slavery. Not only will she not have them, they'll be given their lives for someone else. She needs a miracle. What I've found is the Lord likes us to be in a place where we need a miracle. Now, he doesn't put us in that place. But because he is the substance, because he is the everlasting oil, he wants to be the provision for your need. You need need. Don't think that following Jesus is going to get you out of not ever having need of anything. No, you'll, you'll need need. And the Lord will graciously provide those, pro provide provision for those needs. So in her desperation, in her weakness, she finds a directive and the directive beckons a question. What do you have in your house? And most of us, we would go through the list. 
I don't have this. I don't have a decent job. I don't have a husband that will love me. I don't have a wife that will be faithful to me. I don't have kids that will follow the Lord. I don't have much. In fact, I don't really have anything. I don't, this is what she, she said. She, she knew she had a little bit of oil, but her response to the man of God was, I don't have anything. She considered her something as nothing. So if we're going to experience a miracle in the house, what do we got to do? We got to give up what we have. And you might not have much. In fact, I can tell you today that in the eyes of God, everything that you have, no matter how hard you've worked, all of it is little. Your little is little, my little is little. No matter how hard I've worked for it, no matter how big it is to me, in the hands of God, it's little. And think of the widow with two mites. What did Jesus, why was Jesus so impressed? Because the amount was big? No, because that was all she had. Just a fraction of a cent to offer the Lord. And he said, it's more than what any of you have given. You got to give up what you have. We call this surrender. Can I tell you something today? What you have, it might be precious to you, but it ain't that great. The life that you have, the life that you've built, the thing that you have so much pride in, it is not that great. It will fail in comparison to the life and life more abundantly. And so she, she was in the good, and, and when you get to this place where you realize I don't really have anything. When you get to this place, God goes, that's exactly where I want you to be. Your servant has nothing there at all. See, in your nothing, God sees something. God sees enough to work with. I just have a little bit of time. I just have a little bit of money. I just have a little bit of energy. I'm afraid if I give that away, then I won't have anything. And God's saying, if you'll just give it to me, you'll have more than you ever wanted. See, the, the fact is, it's not that you don't have enough energy. It's that you haven't used it correctly. You haven't put it in the hands of God. The reason why you don't have very much money is not because you've got a job that doesn't pay well. That has little to do with it. Because this world is not your provider. It's what are you doing with what you have? Because you can get a raise, and if you don't steward what you have well now, you're going to be in the same place. I could give all of you a million dollars, and in five years, you're going to be in the exact same spot you will be. Many of you will. Some of you will be wise, and you'll invest. I wish I had a million dollars to give you. I wish I had a million dollars. So if you feel led on your heart, you're going to meet a need. Some of you think you have no time. I just don't have any time to give to God. No, you do have time. What do you do with your time? 
Maybe you have, maybe what you have is considered nothing. See, your nothing becomes something when it's given to God. See, your little, we've said this a lot, and I want you to get this in your heart, your little becomes a lot when you give it to God. Your little becomes a lot when you give it to God. Whatever resource you have, what do you have in the house? Because if you can give it to the Lord, he'll make a lot out of it. And he does it a lot better than you do. We think addition, God thinks multiplication. Most of us don't even think addition. We think subtraction and division. God thinks multiplication. This seed produced 30, 60, 100 fold. The seed of faith produces 30, 60, 100 fold. So God is not limited by your little, but you got to give it to him. So don't hold on to it so tight. Remember, remember just, hey, what do we have to work with, disciples? Oh, just a few fish and several loaves of bread. Let's feed the multitudes. Just a little. Your little becomes a lot when you give it to God. Number two. Number one, you got to surrender. You got to give it up. Give up what you got. So what is God going to require of me? Everything. The, 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 the thing is, it doesn't matter what your sin struggle is. It doesn't matter what your career struggle is. What is going to require? The cost is the same for all of us. It's everything. And so for some of you, that doesn't look like very much. Some of you, that's very high price to pay. But if you consider it nothing, it'll be great. Number two, go around and ask. Go around and ask. See, God had positioned this woman, and she had said yes to this position in a community of people. She had friends. The New Living Translation says, go to your friends and neighbors. This is what I love about this church. It's because I've seen miracle after miracle over the last 10 years, and you know what it's, where the miracle's been? It's usually been in someone else's house. But because God put us together and people have been linked together and they've been in relationship together, beloved, don't miss out on the blessing of community. We don't promote small groups to grow our church. We, pro we provide small groups. We provide connection. We provide relationship because we know that your life is better but because of the people that are in your life. We follow Jesus together and the only way that we're going to follow him is together. There's no lone rangers in the kingdom of God. This is why we have teams. This is why we call one another family. And we have seen miracle after miracle after miracle supplied by neighbors. See, corporate miracles increase faith for personal miracles. So when someone in the house gets the miracle that you've been longing for, your heart doesn't break because you've got into this mindset of community. If your mindset breaks when your brother or sister receives what you've been longing for, then, you've been, then, then you haven't bought in fully to the community, the family. It doesn't mean that you don't break and you don't still long. You know, you know what I found? I found when somebody gets the miracle that I've been believing for, what it does is it increases my faith. That's what it does. That's what it should do. If not, it's because I'm bitterness and my heart isn't seasoned well. So what do you do? Well, you, you get in before the presence of the Lord until your heart is right. I, I, I'll just be honest. We got a prophetic word about a church that would be given to us. And I have a very close friend of mine, a pastor, 
across town. And uh, he said, hey, we got an announcement. I was like, what's the announcement? And he didn't want to tell me. I was like, what's the announcement? And he's like, kind of bashful. He's like, we've been given a building. And I wasn't like, and I, we got to have these prophetic words that God gave us a building. I'm like, Lord, you gonna, is that going to happen? I need to, come on, we need that right now. And so my, my friend, Pastor Max, like, we've been given a building. And so I went to lunch with them. I went and saw the building. And I was not like, man, Lord, why didn't you do that for us? That, that never, never, ever, 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 ever crossed my mind. It was not jealous. You know what it did? It said, you know what? We're next. And so I'm sitting across, come on, I'm sitting across the table at, at lunch with Pastor Mac. And he goes, he goes, man, he's like, when, when we were given the building, he said, he said, I just started crying. He said, what about, what about Josh? They've been going after this for 10 years. And I said, Pastor Mac, I was like, that's never crossed my mind. I'm, we're like weeping together. I was like, I rejoice in what God's doing. And you know, since that day, I've had more faith for a building since that day. Why? Because I've positioned my heart. Go around and ask. See, sometimes what you need is in your neighbor's house. We all have personal miracles, and we all have a corporate miracle that we're believing for. And this is what I believe. I believe that if you will join faith with the corporate miracle, you'll see personal miracles. We've seen this. This isn't a sales pitch. I'm not trying to get you to buy in anything. So in 2020, we launched this campaign called Seed for the House. Y'all remember? Some of y'all are like, well, it's that. It's like, well, because most of those people aren't around anymore. Because COVID hit, and we're like, well, forget trying to raise $200,000 in 2020. That ain't going to happen. We just need to survive. And so the Lord's been prodding us. You, you, need, to, you need to get that money in the bank. And so we did pretty good. We raised uh, $33,609. Pretty good. Pretty good. In two years, just designated giving. But the Lord put it on our heart, you need $200,000 because we know that we're probably going to need a million dollar building. And 20% of that's like 200 grand. So that's how we came up with that figure. And right now, like we need it because we're like, I'm getting texts and do it. Be on the lookout for the corporate miracle. Do it, please. You're not bothering me. <laughs> I'm, look, I'm driving around dreaming, Lord, that would work. <laughs> Got to have good parking which is really expensive, but you got to have it. You can't beat there if you don't. And so we need to get, we need to raise $167,000. And I, listen, I believe in our church more than I've ever believed in our church. This is, I, I'll tell you, as the pastor for 10 years, almost 10 years, we'll celebrate 10 years in October, more than, this is my favorite season of ministry ever, right now. I believe God more right now than I ever have. I'm more encouraged right now than I've ever been. You could ask Pastor Leslie, more, more than ever. And I hope you are too. And some of y'all have been with us for a very long time. But I, I'm asking you today to consider partnering with us in this miracle. Now, some of you, you made a commitment. You fulfilled that commitment. If you don't want to give more, awesome. Praise the Lord. So grateful for what you've invested. But I'm believing soon. But that chart we got back there is going to be colored all the way up. That chart we have on the website is going to be colored all the way up because we need, we need that. And so I believe, I believe the miracle's in the house. 
and we're the house. So today I'm asking you to consider there's cards, whatever the Lord puts on your heart. Um, today is not a, not a launch of a, it is a relaunch of a building campaign, but this is the corporate miracle we're believing for. More than money, a building. But oftentimes you need money. And if the Lord gives us a building, we're going to pour that money into that building. Come on. Because we're going to need more than that to make it overflow. You guys know that. So go around and ask. And, and listen, stop Stop sleeping on your miracle. Stop hiding your miracle. For what do you believe in God for personally? I mean, I'm up here talking about ability. I mean, you guys know you got you know all the miracles I want, but I but not everybody knows the miracle. What do you believe in God for? Don't be bashful. Go to your neighbors. Go to those in this room. I believe in God for. Why are you Why are you bashful? Listen, if you are bashful, you might not get the miracle. You want the miracle. It might be in, it's somebody else in this room. Somebody else that's connected to this house. So don't be bashful. Tell somebody. Listen, we, you, you, you also need our faith. My, my dad has a, has a thing where he, he'll tell me for every once in a while, he'll say, son, don't suffer in silence. We heard this when we started the church. They were so worried about us. They're going to go out there. They're going to be homeless. We were for a couple months. Not on the streets, but we didn't have a home. Leslie hates when I say that we were homeless. We were homeless. We did not have a house. We are living in a hotel. Technically, we're homeless. I love to tell people that. We were homeless. It was so hard. It was really hard. You know how, you know how it is. Some of y'all know how it is to be homeless. Even if you don't have, even if you have a, a place to stay. Don't suffer in silence. Tell somebody, nobody's gonna hate on you. Man, I just I got this addiction that I, I need breakthrough. You, you, listen, you got into that problem by being private. You're gonna get out of that problem by making it public. That doesn't mean you get to go there on a stage, and we've seen that abused and strange and weird. But you need to tell somebody. Your keep, secrets keep you sick. Number three is just start pouring. What does that mean? That means to exercise your faith. What is in the house? And exercise the faith that you have. See, it's easy to focus on our lack. Oh, if I, if, I, if, I, if I use it, it'll all be used up. No. If you use it, God will keep supplying enough for you to keep pouring. And what we do is this. And we do this when we yield. I remember, Lord, I'm gonna, I, I wasted two years of my life unsaved, unregenerate, because I said, when I get things sorted out in my life, I'll follow you, Jesus. And you know what it took? It took, took me lo losing a serious girlfriend. It took me losing my youth pastor. It took me losing my friends to get me to a place of desperation where I said, it, it, it took me, for me personally, it was for me losing some freedoms to find the Lord. 
And many of us, we go, well, when, when I get the right job or when my child's born or when I get married or, or when, you know, we get more money in the bank or when these debts are going to pay off. Listen, the need is not going to run out. you got to start pouring now. Stop with the excuses. I love what Jesus teaches us in Luke chapter 14. He invites the people to this banquet. And all the people that were invited go, oh, we, we got stuff to do. I'm important. I'm busy. I got all these things to do. And so Jesus tells them, you know what I want you to do to, to his servants? He says, I want you to go to the highways and the byways. This is a parable. Go out to the highways and byways and compel them to come in that my house may be full. Bring in the lame, the broken, the wicked, bring them all in. Bring anybody that will respond to the invitation, get them in the door. I'm looking for anyone that wants to come eat. But you can make excuses and you won't see the miracle. This woman's flask becomes a fountain. And the only, times the oil, the only time the oil stops flowing is when it doesn't have somewhere to go. Pour, 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 pour yourself out. You've all been given this measure of faith. One last scripture. You, listen, use the faith that you have. I don't have much faith. <laughs> listen, there's a lot of things I don't have very much faith for. Just a little bit. So there's this, we talked about this in previous weeks, Matthew chapter 17. Trying to draw this demon out. Demon doesn't come out. The, 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 the people are fussing with the disciples. Are you going to get the demon out? I thought you were a follower of Jesus. You're supposed to get the demon out. The disciples are asking Jesus. Jesus comes. The demon leaves. And they're like, Jesus, why, why, why couldn't we why couldn't we get the, the demon out? He says, because you, you have such little faith. You don't have any faith. Your faith is so little. And then he tells them this, but I tell you what you can do with little faith. So he's rebuking them for their little faith. And then he tells, then he commends them and says, if you just have a little bit of faith. I'm like, what? It's like that meme with the guy with the question marks. You're rebuking me for my little faith. But in the rebuke, he's saying, your faith is too small. But I'm telling you, if you will exercise just the little bit of faith you have, you can speak to the mountain, move, and be cast into the sea. And it will, and nothing will be impossible for you. If you could go, oh, I don't have the faith. Jesus is like, yeah, you don't have the faith, but use it. See, great faith is just small faith that has been planted, nourished, and grown. Great faith is just small faith that has been exercised. Great faith is just small faith that has said its prayers. Great faith is just small faith that stood at the door and knocked again and again and again, day after day, week after week, year after year, decade after decade. Little faith is it's, it's growing because I'm knocking. And Jesus is the source of my faith. I'm knocking at his door. You want to have great faith? Exercise 
you small faith. You've, you've heard of small things in big packages, right? You ever do that Christmas gift where you put like something really tiny in a real big box? You ever met people that are vertically challenged? They say small things and big, you know, big, small things and, you know, what, something like that. <laughs> Listen, I, I don't know. I don't even know. Listen, I, sorry, I don't have that problem. <laughs> Haven't had to explain that to anyone. It's like dynamite. Yeah, that's, that's a, see, we have big things in small packages. Just a little bit of faith. Is that it? Something? I, I don't know. You don't know either. We don't know. Somebody under six foot. Uh, uh, Pastor Burke, that's your small thing. Big, big, small things. Bigger things. I don't even know. I didn't go over very well. Some of those things. That's what we have. And you think you got to have a big thing. You're going to think you have to have great faith. No, you just have to have small faith that said his prayers. Small faith that's exercised. Small faith that knocks on that door. I'm going to ask you to use some faith today. We have this door that's been sitting up here. You're like, what's that all about? Well, that's, that's about because what's in the house? And not only what's in the house, what do you have? What, do you, what need do you have in the house? So this is what we're going to do. We're going to get this door, and you're going to come up as an activation of faith. And I want you to do this. Don't be bashful about this. This is an exercise of faith. And what we're going to do is we're going to write what we're believing God for on this door right here. We're going to display this so that every Sunday that you come in or every Saturday when we pray or anytime you're up here getting something done at the church, you can just walk by that door and you can pray for your community. Yeah. And what we're going to do is once that need is met, we're going to figure out a way to circle it or something. We'll figure out something clever that that need was met and we're going to display it. And when we get that new building, we're going to remember the corporate miracles give us faith for personal miracles. We're going to believe that this is a house of miracles because we've invested our faith. What is in the house? Not only what do you have, what do you believe for? So today, we're going to move this. We're going to get back into worship. We're going to, we're going to hang out with the Lord for a little bit. There's, there's two words. that have been ringing in my heart. One of them for months. <clears throat> and it's this, come and see. And this is specifically taken from John chapter four where Jesus goes to this woman, this Samaritan woman, this broken woman who's been through divorce after divorce. She's messed up. Jesus ministers to her, and he says, all right, go, go ahead and go tell your neighbors and get them here. And she goes into the city where she's from. She goes into her community, and she makes this statement, come and see. Come and see the one who knew everything about me. The first man that I've met that knew everything about me and didn't reject me. Or use me. Come and see. 
come and see this man. This has been my heart for overflow lately. Listen, when you when you invite people, this is the people are like, what's happening in overflow? Can you can you put a can you put a word to it? I'm like, I don't know. I don't have a word for it. Just come and see. Come and see what God's doing. Come and see. Come experience the presence of the Lord. Come see this man who told me everything that I've ever done. Yet embrace me. And this is what happens when we come and see. We're not disappointed. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago, maybe last week. Those who trust in the Lord will not be disappointed. You say, well, that's not true, Pastor, because I have trusted in the Lord and I've been disappointed. And this is the word that the Lord gave me this morning. First, you come and see. And if you feel a little disappointed, wait and see. Just wait and see. Just wait and see. Because those who wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. Those that trust in the Lord, just wait. Hang in there. Stay in the pocket. Stay with us. Keep going. Come on, just, just wait. Just, just stay right there. Just, just keep believing. Don't get out of faith. It didn't happen in my timeline. Listen, it didn't happen in my timeline either. I'm waiting for two years. Still waiting. But those who trust in the Lord, not to trust in timing, but those who trust in the Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm trusting him. That means trusting his timing. We've had some timing. We have timing issues. We're like, Lord, come on. And what I've found is the Lord always comes just in time. And there were centuries of people waiting for the Lord. And it says in Galatians that when the fullness of time had come.